This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler, the man with no strengths in executing on the Clifton Strengths Finder. <laughs> oh, no. Not a single one. <laughs> yep. Today I'm here with Aline Sanduk. Hi. Arisa Mahaparn. That's me. Gabe Conley. Hello. And Eric Schneiders. Hello. All med students, all wonderful, all, I'm sure, perfectly distributed along the Clifton Strengths Finder. Not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, Yet. A spectrum. Uh, Self actualized human beings, all. I'm Pretty. stunningly mediocre, just so you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about mediocrity. There's or, no good or, or bad. Excel. There's good and bad. Yeah. Just different. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the top of the bell curve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad spot to be, though. Uh, on today's show, Imari is back with a question about financial considerations and picking a med school. We've got another question about med schools, co-ed fraternities. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's uh, we've yep. got uh, some, some medical science news, and we're going to be sampling... A recipe from our Med Students for Success cookbook, which you can contribute to at theshortcode.com by clicking the orange submit your recipe button, whatever it says. You'll figure it out. You're smart. Let's <laughs> go click on that link and submit your 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 uh, recipe. For instance, we have Ariana D's shortcut Italian gravy. Ooh. Mm. We've got Nikki's spaghetti aglio, which I think means just garlic and oil. We've got Rachel's Keto Cheesecake Brownies. Wait, did you just try to say aioli? <laughs> no, it says algio. I'm, oh. it I'm Italian, too, oh. by the way. Seriously? <laughs> wow. Algio. Not doing Algio. I'm sure it's pronounced algio, right? Does it involve right? algae? No. Like, well, oh. you, I hope so. <laughs> if we all give it a shot, I'm sure one of us will get it right. Yes. Algio, I think. How is it how. spelled? A-L-G-I-O. Any spaces anywhere in there? No. Any accents? No. Okay. It's very oh, specific questions, <laughs> though. It's very med student um, of you. Yeah. But today we're going to try one of these recipes right here on the show. These are Kylie's nightly dose of cake in a cup. Uh, to save some time, I put together the dry ingredients in your mugs already and some wet ingredients in another. You guys can mix them together. Oh, right wow. Now. Go ahead. I promise this is not one of my... Uh, weird experiments this is truly and i haven't tried this recipe so i guess in that sense it could be weird yes. but are we done because i would actually just be fine eating this powder <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, shoot. Uh, yeah careful don't get it on your white coat oh no it's okay it's got everything else on already yeah but yeah but this is why i no longer do bench work um <laughs> nice i have tried other uh, cake in a mug recipes before i've never been particularly enamored that's just oil milk and Wait, vanilla there should we mix it mm. all together now yeah oh, 
Okay. Are you are you worried about lactose intolerance? Oh no, I was just wondering what everyone else was mixing because there's like nothing in here. Oh well, put now well, I you mixed can. Out. What you put I mixed it in the, the cup? You put it in the cup and mix it with yeah. the stuff in the cup. There. Step, oh, step, step in come here. on, yes. no. That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> it's not turning into cake. <laughs> yeah. I'm you a really sad This is so disappointing. It just caught on fire. What did I do wrong? <laughs> Oh gosh, you know, apparently like back in back in the ye old years of undergrad, you know, like remember like chem lab and an organic chem lab? Yes. Yeah, I How did I, they let us around that stuff? Yeah. My god. Dude, I made a building evacuate four times in one day. That oh. surprised me know. not something, at all. Something about sulfur, like I left some kind of thing of sulfur out and apparently it was poisonous or something like Jeez. that. <laughs> oh my god. Something like that. Yeah. Are you the reason for all the alarms in our next door building as well? <laughs> <laughs> uh, very wealthy but anyways apparently even I all am, the way from yeah. the hospital she yes. manages to yeah. set up the alarms and cbr i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised because apparently my um one of my tas warned my other ta about me oh oh no yeah uh Jeez. as i said I've, I've had mug cakes before i've never been particularly happy about them but the ones i've had had of egg in it and i don't think they have any place in a microwaved no it's pretty good though recipe yeah oh <laughs> you have to yeah you i mean you could do that there's i mean usually i'm like oh there's you no can't egg. do that there's egg but i guess technically you can eat this mm. at any point during yeah. the production yeah why not tasty um, uh <laughs> kylie insists however that it's all about the proportions uh, i did my best to uh, in the pre-measuring to get this right you can also add some chocolate chips as she said <gasps> some peanut butter that's Don't what the extra spoons mm. there are for yeah but good job kylie it, it mm, hasn't even microwaved crunchy. yet i'm already halfway through it yeah <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, while you guys do that, we'll address some listener questions. I assume you can multitask. <laughs> yeah, we can do it. Um, yeah, you end up building to evacuate. So we'll address some listener questions. Our good friend Imari, as I said, is back. She sent an email to shortcoats at gmail.com with this money question. The look of concentration on your face as you <laughs> pour those chocolate chips is amazing. All right, here we go. A short coat. It's Imari from Missouri. Application season is here and I want to hear your opinions on finances and how they impact medical school choice and specialty choice. She sounds so sad today. With the current push from medical schools to pursue primary care but the increasing tuition rates, should one consider the money when it comes to medicine? My questions are, was the cost-slash-student loan burden influential in deciding on a medical school? Should loans impact your choice of specialty or is it really a follow your heart process? Are finances, that is tuition, cost of living, something to think about when applying for medical schools? Thanks for the opinions and I'll try to stop blowing up your phone. Blowing up your phone. And I'll try to stop blowing up the lab. <laughs> is there like a sad setting on the robot voice I that just, we use? I just picked one and it was so sad that I decided to go with it because yeah. <laughs> I mean, talking about money is almost always kind of sad. Yeah, especially in our the situation in life. Yeah, <laughs> we're broke. Yeah, so <laughs> we're so broke. We're making cake and mugs. So. Does anybody want to microwave their their cake before we get started? No, I almost don't because it got so tastes so good as is. I do. Well, you got We got to be faithful to the recipe over Fine. there. How much time is it going to microwave for? Ninety seconds. Ninety seconds. And it's already oh. at the right power. And I. Everything? It doesn't give a power, so I assume high is. Just that, fine. That'll be part of the fun of finding out. That's Try not to be it. repulsed by whatever you find in that microwave. I did not open it before I put it in the room. Harold! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, though, to answer the question about specialties and money, 
I would say it's a bad idea to pick a specialty based off of mm-hmm. how you think you'll be financially rewarded just because um, it's very unpredictable. A lot of your pay as a physician will be determined by insurance companies and what they want to reimburse. And so if you plan for something to pay you really well, because it pays well now, um, there's no guarantee that it'll pay super well 10 years from now. So you should really just follow your heart. Yeah. And also you're going to be paid. So you're going to be paid like practically less than minimum wage as like three to four year residency anyways. So I don't think there's any specialty where you're not. Um, yeah, that's kind of my impression, too. I mean, it, it, I don't know if, if you want to if you go ahead. Well, if, if you want to um, make your choice based on money, then you're going to run the risk of being a rich, unhappy person. Yeah. Or just an unhappy person, because I'm not sure how rich is. Well, (laughs) you know, like if you ended up, if you were, okay, so a lot of what you end up in is going to be determined by, sadly, by your USMLE scores, right? Yeah. Not 100%, but if you're going for one of those, uh, you know, really selective uh, residencies, really selective specialties like derm or optho or, you know, um, even OB-GYN, um, it's going to be your, uh, your step score that determines whether, you know, that's going to be the gatekeeper there. Not a hundred percent, but it's a big part of it. You all right there? Too hot? It's a little hot. Is there like a... <laughs> Paper what kind of lab no? worker are you? Aren't you supposed to have like <laughs> asbestos hands? Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, please use my uh, Doc Dash t-shirt. <laughs> it's a good idea. Actually. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Eric, where do you stand on this? Um, I mean, I like her second question as well. The figuring out where you want to go to medical school because that can make a huge difference too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just got back from a vacation in Seattle, which I mean, everyone knows is one of the most expensive cities in the country right now and I was talking to someone they live in a burb that's like 40 minutes outside of Seattle and they're still paying the same amount that I'm paying for a three bedroom one and a half bedroom house here in Iowa so mm-hmm. like um, if you there are ways to reduce your loans that kind of go along with where you decide to go to medical school like here in the Midwest I mean we've got it pretty well here mm-hmm. I mean um, it's pretty I mean it's kind of expensive to live in Iowa City but it's not going to be like your San Francisco's your Seattle's your East Coast prices as well so there are ways to save money in medical school too i think depending on where your choice is and where you go i don't think i was too expensive dude my rent here is like 400 a month i get my own bathroom back in san diego i was paying 800 dollars a share a room with two other girls a room yeah. not an apartment <laughs> but oh, no. for iowans it's expensive like, yeah it's really funny to i mean it's a lot of this is relative too i mean you can say that something is objectively expensive because there's a number attached to it but as to whether or not it's uncomfortably so mm-hmm. depends on where you grew up. You know, like I grew up in Massachusetts, which is an expensive state to live in. Furthermore, I grew up on Cape Cod, which is really expensive. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, fancy. And uh, I forgot how bougie you are. Dave. I am bougie. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I you bring, artsy, you bring the bougie. No, I'm not. I was, uh, I was among the people in Falmouth, Massachusetts who served the other richer people. <laughs> We were the staff that got message. busted. Right, we were the, we were the people. We were the people who who enabled the lifestyle. People keeping them afloat. Names. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yes. I'm uh, but um, but yeah, like moving out here, people are you know, it's like, oh my god, I can buy a house for you know two hundred thousand dollars. That's amazing. Your dollar. Whereas if you're from Iowa, you're like, shit, 
$200,000, that's incredibly expensive. Well, well, which is, it's kind of good for me because like I saved, I saved up some money before coming to medical school, but I calculated the amount that I would need to save based on San Diego standards. So ah. I'm like, I get here, I'm like, wow, I can eat out at least once a month. <laughs> <laughs> I think before we get to the question of how much you'll make as far as specialty goes, I think we should definitely start with the cost of training first. Because um, when I was applying... One really good piece of advice that I got was to apply to in-state schools first and mm -hmm. then kind of avoid applying to state schools outside of your state. Because at that point, it's as expensive as a private school. Yeah. Right. Well, here's one thing we know about Amari. Amari is that uh, she is, uh, I th I, from her previous calls, I think she said she was going to go uh, to a DO school. Mm -hmm. And those are private schools in general. Those are expensive, yeah. So they, are they can be more expensive. So she's maybe coming at this from a slightly different angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Did you guys notice that Medscape survey that came out uh, like about a month and a half ago about different specialties and like the highest paid ones and some of the concerns that specialists have in those fields? No. Do you remember no. anything? Must have deleted that. So the <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bummer. Um, one of the major lessons I took away from it though is like. Um, of all the complaints that like different physicians cited, you know, as far as like pay, long hours, documentation, not enough like time with patients. When it got to the section about like how to remedy that, like the top choice by a huge margin was just more money. <laughs> like, oh. pay me more and I will make these problems go away. <laughs> not no, like that doesn't sound very. <laughs> That doesn't sound very wise. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, so I, my confession about, about myself or my, my knowledge about myself is that I don't really care so much about money. Like, I need a certain amount, I think, to be um, comfortable. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, like, I'm not, sh you know, like, I don't really worry about it all that much now. My wife Christine may be another matter because you know because I'm not worrying about it. Yeah, someone, she is. Someone should. Someone yeah. should. Yeah. But um, the point is that uh, you know that's my personal sort of perspective on money, and I think that if you're graduating from med school, you're going into family medicine. What's the what is the worst paying spe specialty? Probably pediatrics. Psych okay, so you go into peds yeah. or psych or something like that. What are you going to make? Like, like let's say you make two fifty. No, Depends where you're that's, at. That's, yeah. yeah. Pedi Listen. General pediatric uh, physician would probably make like 160 or okay. something. Okay. Let's say you make 160. Yeah. That's Ask yourself, figures. can you live on $160,000? Of course you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then ask yourself, okay, how much would I have to, I mean, how many, how much in student loans would I have to pay off? I mean, after interest and all that. And then sort of figure out like well okay now i've got a new figure let's say it's let's say you pay off your student loans at sixty thousand dollars a year can you live off a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars yeah you know i think you can unless you end up in san francisco then you know mm -hmm. that's a mm -hmm. totally different story but i do think if you go to san francisco a lot of times that with that cost of living increase i think you'll, you'll be making more than 160. yeah they so account like, for a lot that. of that will go up to some degree but to some yeah. degree i don't know how much yeah. though um i'm just saying that uh, physicians in general make, you know, it, without accounting for, for student loans, they make decent money. Um, if you account for student loans, um, even the lowest paying specialty is probably doable. Um, just, you know, my, my standard advice, not having ever been in this situation, 
because uh, I'm not a, an MD student or an MD. <laughs> you could be. Uh, hey, <laughs> yet. Keep I often on. think yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> but then he sees how sad we are. I'm like, oh, do I really want to be eating that? cake oh, out gosh, of a mug. No. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't you don't want this life, buddy. <laughs> this is the high life. Um, it's not bad, oh, though. Ow, so ow. Good job. Uh-huh. But I often just think about, like, like, you know, could I, could I do this, this, uh, you know, financial life? And I think I probably... I think I probably I, could. Yeah, I think. It, and just don't, you know, just don't increase your spending yeah. as you move into the next level yeah. mm-hmm. until you know what's going on and you can make a plan and you can, I mean, just be, you know, uh, present about it. Be thoughtful about it. Yeah. yeah. You're going to live well as a doctor, no yeah, matter yeah. what specialty you like, you're going to make good money. And depending on how modestly you live immediately after residency or even during residency, like you could conceivably pay off your debt in a very short period of time. Yeah. However, I do remember at one point, like in the EMRB cafeteria, like overhearing some medical students talking about like all the fancy, fancy shit they were going to buy as soon oh. as they graduated. Talking about, I'm going to get a Maserati. I'm going to get a five bedroom mansion. I was like, all right, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll drive a, a, maybe not a sensible 10 year old Camry. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a choice. You make yeah. it, you know, you make a choice. You decide what your priorities are and, mm-hmm. Yeah, and are you gonna be more happy making for for forty uh, like four four hundred thousand than than like two hundred thousand? Are you is that really gonna be a significant factor? Yeah, I it, do remember that. Oh, sorry. Oh, I mean, it depends on how much you want to work as well, too. Because I've talked to different family med physicians who, and this is where, by the way, my med school uh, desires fall down. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to work. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if you don't want to work, there sure, you go. you're gonna make your baseline salary. That'll be it. But like. At least in family men, if you cover some ER shifts at the town oh, next over, especially in rural areas, I mean, you can pick up an extra, you exactly. know, 40 to 50 grand a year, and that could be your student loan money. And you could do that for three years. I mean, there's ways to There work are around. options. There, yeah, are, there are, are options. options. And if you want to work rurally where a hospital's desperate for a physician, they will oftentimes pay off a lot of your loans. Yeah. So, like, that could be a really smart option for someone, especially if they went to an expensive school. Yeah, no, I'm seriously considering that. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it sounds like a good idea, really. I mean, how? I mean, unless you need that big city lifestyle, yeah, mm-hmm. and you could do that for five years or so, right? Get that loan paid off. Yeah, you've yeah, already been doing exactly. things in five year chunks. Just keep doing that. Exactly. Yeah, four I mean, I mean, like, look at me. Why would I need a big city lifestyle before I'm four? I don't even leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. Yeah. You're here, and we appreciate that. <laughs> and I definitely think if money is your primary um, like drive for success, then medicine probably uh, medicine's the wrong choice for you. It, it'll pay you well, but like if you're talented enough to get into med school and money is what drives you, you should go into finance or something. Yeah, yeah be a banker. It's yeah. literally the worst get-rich-quick scheme ever. It's yeah. not, it's quick, not quick, quick at all. You'll peak financially at like age 50, which is, I'm cool with that, yeah. but it might not be cool for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not here to get rich rich quick. I'm just here to be financially stable over a long period of time. Yeah. That's... And do something you enjoy. Oh yeah. yeah, I do remember reading somewhere that like, physicians are like among in finance advisors and investors that physicians are notoriously bad at managing their money. Mm-hmm. I like there's a quote that that stuck out to me in particular talking to like a young couple who are who they're both doctors and everything. So that's a pretty good lifestyle. But then the um, advisor said to them, why are you vacationing like millionaires when you have a net worth of less than zero? Mm -hmm. Which really puts things in perspective. A lot of. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, you know, as your as your worth. As your paycheck increases, your um, hopefully your network 
wor- worth also increases. But for a lot of people, it doesn't. I mean, you acquire, a you know, a lot of debt. You acquire a bigger house. You acquire a fancier car, blah, 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 blah. An English bulldog. An English bucks. bulldog. Well, you don't need an English bulldog. Get it stray from That's the... That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you can do things that give you pleasure without, you know, breaking the bank. I think it's important to point out that a lot of people who come to med school, like, because the training is so long, a lot of people prioritize, like, going straight after undergrad, so they never really have the chance to have a real job mm-hmm. and get their own place and then, like, learn how to budget properly unless... They made that a priority in college, which some parents do. You know, they don't pay, pay for everything. They'll, you know, have their kids work or, you know, support them in small ways. But like there are other ways to build that responsibility before they get to med school. But a lot of people don't. And then they graduate and they have all this money, but they don't know how to manage it properly. So I could totally see that. Happening. We did have a um, we did have a conversation, a, sh- a show a while back with uh, Joe Salcihai, who is a financial um, uh financial advisor and uh, so you can go back and look up that show just type in his name joel s-a-u-l dash s-e-h-y for that show uh, might be interesting and every once in a while somebody reaches out to me like you know like hey have this financial guy on your show and um eh, you know doesn't seem like that interesting a topic to me but maybe i'm wrong I've, i was wrong about the pet show <laughs> show mm-hmm. so um I, I did want to also discuss um, the financial aspects of getting into med school and how much money you are offered by your school as to whether or not that influences your choice. I would think for a lot of people that would be um, a defining choice. On the other hand, not all med schools can afford to give you that you know that money um so and and you know i think it should always be balanced i think the money thing should always 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 be balanced by the culture of the school that you're going to whether or not it fits with you or not i mean you know harvard could give you a shitload of money but maybe in the end harvard is to x y or z for you and you won't enjoy yourself you won't be able to achieve your full potential there or and to add to that it's important to go to a school where you know you will be supported if things go wrong you know totally if you have agree. to take time off or if you know you fall yeah. into a depressive you know state i mean don't be pollyann you don't have to be like doom and gloom about your plans but also don't be pollyannish about it don't assume that your previous success <clears throat> is going to follow you into med school it's a whole different ball game yep yeah i like i did not st- I did not struggle through college, at, uh, through college at all. I did not find my classes difficult. I didn't find myself stressed. In medical school, I can assure you, it is a whole different ball game. And I think that I, what I like about Carver is that, they, is that we have like a student counseling office with therapists and everything. I think that um, if I did not have if I did not have access to their services, then I, I think that I would be not as not as not as good off as I um, as I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So those are important considerations too. I, I think more important than money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, culture more, first. More importantly, the clerkships let you take time off. Um, like like take like half an hour off to see the counselors. So that's <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. pretty important too. You may need that. I don't know how uh, common this is, but like one thing that came to my attention over the last couple of years as we've had some <clears throat> some tragedies at the university is what is the school's contingency plan in the case of a suicide. 
And that will say a lot about the administration's culture and how conservative they are or how kind of progressive. And I don't know how easy that is going to be to gauge yeah. from the perspective of, say, an applicant. Yeah. Um, mm. I think it will be an interesting question for you to ask, maybe offline, not as part of your interview day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure how many schools are just so reluctant to even speak of it. Don't say the S word, they say. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's just very touchy. Very taboo. Um, so yeah. it, it would be interesting to find out. If mm-hmm. you're brave enough to ask that question, and you should be, why not? Well, maybe you can, you know, but if like, you, if, yeah. uh, you know, let us know what kind of responses you get. Yeah, I don't think I'd ask. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Maybe you can ask like one of the current med students after your interview or like maybe not during during the interview. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always we always give our email addresses addresses out to applicants saying that okay, call well, just email, call if you have any questions, et cetera, et cetera. I think that'd be the perfect time to ask that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not during like the panel interview in the auditorium <laughs> when everyone's dressed up nice and everything. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, Imari. I welcome your questions anytime. Yeah. All we of love them. you, Imari. All of the many questions that you have. <laughs> We work for you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for you. Welcome back to the Amari podcast. (laughs) Uh, Next, we have Maggie's question. Maggie has a great question about med school's co-ed fraternities. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dave and friends. I am hoping to matriculate in fall 2019. I'm currently drowning in secondary applications, Ew. so wish me luck. We feel like I have noticed luck. that several medical schools have co-ed fraternity houses. This seems like a great way to meet people and keep housing costs down, but I'm wondering if any short coders have experience or advice they can give me. That's a great mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. That is a really good question. That is a great, I can't believe we haven't been asked this question before, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... You guys have any experience? Well, I don't, but my friend Nicole does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does yeah. that count? All I can say is that so is that it really depends on the medical school and the fraternity. Like, there's no way that we that um that we can speak for any of the med co-ed fraternities outside of our medical school. Well, then let's speak about ours. Oh, well, <laughs> they're they're great. They have like an in-house chef. One of them does, yeah. Yeah, yeah Phyro Phyro uh, Sigma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of one of their members uh, responded to this uh, question when I posted it. Oh. They have um, they have a cook. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of community, it's been phenomenal. She mm-hmm. says she can sit down to dinner with M ones through N fours, talk about difficult classes, application strategies, whatever is on her mind. Um, not to mention normal things like sports and Game of Thrones. Uh, they share textbooks, gotten you know, sort of the skinny on various shelf exams. Bar, done bar crawls yeah um and it's sort of a built-in fam for uh for support when you need it also but i, I mean yeah and yes it is uh inexpensive relatively inexpensive mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do it and they split chores um again uh, maybe a feature of this particular fraternity but um they split chores so that she only has to do one task a week never mind you know cl- clean a whole apartment all by yourself or whatever mm-hmm. So yep. that I, seems like a bargain. My tentative plan is to live in a co-ed fraternity house or whatever, in a fraternity house at Iowa my, my fourth year mm-hmm. when like half the years, when most of the years it's not stressful and you kind of just like hang out with people. Mm-hmm. I think the camaraderie would be really cool. Why not do it now? Um, I, lo- I really love where I live, honestly. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of expensive, 
it's like 800 which is you know a little bit expensive for Iowa City but I love where I live but as a fourth year I might want to reduce costs mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I'm thinking okay she's a Aline's got a smile on her face for some reason. So I'm all the way at the other end of the spectrum oh. with that. The, when I came here, the thought of living with another med student literally made me want to vomit. Mm. It, <laughs> it, like I was already super stressed out. And even just being on campus in the lecture hall with other med students and hearing people be like, oh, my God, that subject was so easy. Yeah. Did you get that done? Oh, yeah, I totally got 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. Even two seconds of that. You weren't listening just, to me talk. <laughs> yeah. I, so, but that is an accurate representation of some people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So even just going to lecture or like hanging out after like I was famous I think for like taking the test and then just like literally running out the door you know out the other way to like the nearest McDonald's with their fingers in her ears going la la so suppose you land on someone like that who just like does phenomenally in med school is never stressed out like goes you know takes day trips on the weekends and like goes out to the bars during like that would have made me absolutely nuts and so Oh, I, I'm a very private person mm. and I struggle with a lot of anxiety and a lot of different mm -hmm. issues and I would have not liked to have essentially a coworker in my personal space seeing me struggle with that. So that's my that's my two cents. If you already that's live a good, in a, It's a good point. Yeah. If you're all, I always loved living with roommates in college, for instance. I've never had a bad roommate. Mm. Yeah. You, I never had a bad roommate. That was, I was a really to, thoughtful face. I know. I was. I was just trying to like search my memory just yeah. in case. I, some were better than others, of course, but you know, never had a bad experience. Yeah. Um, if you've already been in a situation like that and it went well, then you know, past experience is probably the best predictor of future yeah. experience. But I all. I Aline already had a series. Clearly had a series of bitchy roommates. And actually, I've never. No, I've never had bad roommates, but they always did different things than me. In my I could current. see, I could see you <laughs> sort of being annoyed at various things that people do. I mean, roommates are tough. Yes. Roommates are tough no matter what, you know, like Aline would be like, you, I don't, I'm just <laughs> making this, Aline might be one of those people like, you left your dishes in the sink. Well, now it's time to bring out my scorched earth policy. I 100% <laughs> oh, no. would. I actually, I had some people over, uh, over the weekend and uh, they were like, wow, your house is so neat. And I was like, I didn't have to do much. I'm just not messy in general. Yeah. Like, oh, God. I just like wipe the counters down, yeah. you know. I have to like destroy. take a flamethrower to my, my house <laughs> to invite people yeah. over before, you know, like oh, it's all sterile now. Yeah. yeah. You know, funnily enough, though, I live with um, a roommate. My roommate is um, effing brilliant and she is looking to go into ortho this year. We know how competitive that is. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes like we don't really talk about much as just because like we're not super close we don't talk about much outside of medical schools so it's like sometimes she'll be like oh my god i'm so stressed i'm so stressed i got this i got the letter from the department head this from this nobel prize winner and this pulitzer prize winner and then i have and then i have my scheduled away rotations at harvard but at harvard mayo and stanford but i haven't heard back from columbia yet i love you but <laughs> i mean i like her i mean she's she's lovely and obviously we get along and we've been staying together for two years and most importantly my cat likes her which is really important to me <laughs> sometimes these things yeah about perspective too like if if they're truly you know like a stellar student you know yeah it's, a, it's like they say you know like in medicine like everybody's pain is important 
right? Yeah, you can't be mad at people for doing well, but it's 100% okay. And also being stressed out at the same time. Yeah, but and I have anxiety out. and her anxiety gives me anxiety and my yeah. anxiety gives her anxiety. I, I noticed that for me, anxiety is contagious, <laughs> but so mm-hmm. are other uh, emotions as well. You know, somebody's, mm-hmm. you know, happy, you know, happy go lucky all the time, you know. I was going to say, for me, it's the opposite. Like, I'm very anxious, but when I'm in front of someone who is anxious, I immediately go into, like, mom mode, and I'm like, all right, let's take care of this. Oh. You're going to be okay. Like, it immediately forces me to set aside my own anxiety to take care of hmm. this person. Yeah. So that's hmm. interesting. But Which is great. It's like other people's anxiety all of a sudden gives you the ability to, like, do the thing. It distracts me from my own yeah. anxiety, yeah. But and that's great. Again, like, your mileage may vary. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't be mad at people, mm-hmm. but... It's also 100% okay for you to move away from situations that make you uncomfortable. You are 100% entitled to comfort during this very difficult training. Man, I feel like we're totally underselling this whole uh, uh, fraternities thing, though. It can be wonderful. <laughs> All we've talked yeah. about is the is the potential negatives. I don't think any of us have yet been in this situation right. yet so it's hard yeah. for us personally to address. My friend Nicole has lived there for all her medical school career and she hasn't died yet, so. Well, that's good. <laughs> is she happy? Yeah, well, I think she's happy. She's happy with it. I, I mean, I hear about you know like, like uh, gatherings all the time yeah. over at uh, especially. Uh, well, I don't know. Fyro sure in it. particular. Fyro in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So my instinct there was right. Um, and they seem to have a really good time. You know, I see pictures on you know Instagram, Facebook, and whatever of of you know people doing fun things over there. It looks great. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would definitely be an option for me. Yeah, I think it is an option for me. And it's all, I think it's also unique in that it's one of the only places in medical school where you will have all four years live, um, interacting with each other. Yes. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the Shortcode podcast. And in the cafeteria. <laughs> so I started living alone for the first time this year ever in my life um, since I moved out of my mom's uterus. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was weird. She tried to get pizza to come over and help her move out from the uterus <laughs> oh, by offering them pizza and beer, but nobody would. <laughs> I had to do it all by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And get used to air instead of water. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have never lived alone. And this has been my first time over these last few months. And I love it. It's so nice. I don't have to ask anyone's permission to decorate my place. I don't have to, you know, check with a landlord because I own my place. Oh, nice. Yeah. And like, I don't have someone in my, like when I get home, like I, the first thing I do is like sit down in my armchair with a cup of tea and I just stare out the window and it's amazing like i don't have anyone talking in my ears i don't have anyone's music blaring in my ears there's something to be said for that hashtag introvert (laughs) problems 100 yeah Yeah, so you go girl (laughs) yeah so there's like there's a broad spectrum of housing options and they all have great benefits but it's also completely okay if you do that and find it doesn't work for you you should do whatever makes you happy and comfortable in med school well excuse me well said thank you yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> hey, Jeez. this is pretty cool. Sorry. That's yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> choking on cake. Be right oh, back. we we haven't talked about the cake. How was the cake? Oh, it's so good. It's really good. Not Delicious, a bad breakfast. Actually. Does anybody have a taste <laughs> left for me? Oh, I actually do. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah. Well, it was so Here, good. I scraped all the inside of my mug. So I added. Iris has been. Uh, this this does look pretty good. This looks like yeah. cake. Yeah. 
No, it's really good. When I have done it with the egg recipes, don't do the egg recipes. Okay. Why is that? Um, because they tend to have a lot of egg in them. They have. Oh, it's like when you're making they're fried just, rice. They're or just something. eggy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. when you make a normal cake, don't you put like one or two eggs for in that for the whole cake? So like a yeah. whole egg in a mug worth of cake is probably a lot of egg. You put some. You you clearly put some um, <laughs> some chocolate chips in them, which are. Look fantastic! <laughs> oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is really good. I love the texture of it. It's like it's moist without. It's not. You don't have that spongy kind of like gluteny texture that afflict. That is a common affliction of a lot of mug cakes. And mm -hmm. it cooked. It cooked evenly. It was like, really fluffy. Yeah. This is my go-to now for mug cake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I don't think I, I won't do it myself. It was fine though. Good breakfast. <laughs> A <laughs> good breakfast. Oh uh, why won't you do it? Oh, you lazy. I don't. Didn't do much for me. If I'm gonna have cake, I'm. Gonna Are you not it. a cake person? I am a cake person, but if, I, if I'm gonna eat cake, it's gonna be, you know, cake. a bougie ass cake. Dude. All right. If I'm gonna, <laughs> nice. if I'm gonna eat cake, I, and I know from bougie. Yes, because yes. he's from Cape Cod. Because I once ate the scraps of somebody's <laughs> cake that I found. In the pant in the butler's pantry. Right. I guess I'm the type of person who like. When I was a butler. <laughs> Dave Butler, not Butler. Uh, yes. Uh. If I'm gonna eat something that's you know blatantly not good for me, I'm gonna go over the top with it. Like if, right. I, if I'm gonna eat ice cream, for example, I'm not gonna buy it Hail a big pop. pail of it. I'm going to go somewhere where it's, a, you know. You're gonna get like the Cadillac. It's gonna be yeah exactly because otherwise it's like you know, not, I don't eat cake that often. I don't, oh. I don't eat ice cream that often. If I'm gonna do it. Won't be in a mug. Somebody's got to invent a mug pie. That's amazing. Why? Uh. Somebody's got to invent oh, a mug pie. Not a pie, but I I do I did make a mug crumble once. Mm. It was really good. I used like frozen fruit and everything, and sprinkled oats and brown sugar and stuff over the top. Oh, that it was good. really good. I lost the recipe. That would be good. I, I, <laughs> but if you could have like a mug pie, I think that would be. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, because it's kind of it has layers, yeah. right? Like cake is kind of homogenous throughout. That's I'm just a pie, pie guy. I like pie. Well, you could yeah. just like have the filling, and then you can just like cut out a little circle of I don't know dough and just slap it on top. But <laughs> mm. I don't know if that'll uh, microwave well. But yeah, I'm gonna try it. In all honesty, if you if you really like pie, then maybe you should just like make single serve pies, just baked in the normal way. Then you can reheat them at any time. All right, fair enough. Uh, some researchers in New Zealand have shown that they can make 3D color x-rays using technology from the Large Hadron Collider. The what now? Which I think is pretty cool. Is that cool. a particle? Yeah, a particle imaging? accelerator. Ah, so one that was supposed to tear a hole in the universe a few years ago and never did? Oh, did oh. it? No. Well, as far as I know. Could be a Actually, CIA. it did, and we're now in a parallel universe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the timeline, that timeline ended, and we moved on to another time. Hang on just a second. We'll, we'll look at some pictures. That explains a lot. Yes. Oh, cool. So these are some color x-rays. Um, I'm no nuclear physicist, but from what I've read, this works by matching individual x-ray photons wavelengths to different materials like bone and muscles and assigning each of those uh, a different color. And what you get is a 3D x-ray that looks to me more like a medical illustration than a, than a typical x-ray or even a CT scan. Um, what do you guys see in these images, anatomically speaking? Um, so we've got the, so first we're looking at hang on well it's a heel yeah, that looks on. like the sacrum oh I thought Oops. it was a heel I <laughs> thought those were teeth <laughs> it looks like the yeah actually I thought guys that's a, the heel. Beginning, oh, oh. that's a heel oh that's a heel yes I am not wow. a medical student and I know that that is a heel <laughs> okay, yeah, I thought, I thought got, it was just an oddly shaped butt 
Well, it's 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 in a weird. <laughs> it's no, Kim no, Kardashian's. It's Kim Kardashian's ass bone. Oh, yeah. The one that broke the. Internet. We now know the secret to Kim Kardashian. She has a bone in her ass. No, this is a this is a heel, and it's a, it is a bit of a weird uh, presentation there, but. Uh, but I like how they made like the flesh parts red and like they made the bone white and they made that I don't know what that is yellow. I mean, I, like I would assume color. I was it's thinking that might pad. be a fat pad. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't you think oh. underneath the heel? I would say Probably. so. Yeah, I like it as colors, but I don't know any. I didn't understand anything what you said. Like, are you supposed to see things better? Like, so yeah, you're supposed to be able to, to be, because it's um, because it's coloring things based on their materials. So for instance, you could see in a Perhaps I'm I'm speculating here. Perhaps you could okay. see in a in a bone a um, a tumor that was of a different kind of material, for instance. Hmm. Right? Nice. Because that could yeah. happen, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. that would be really cool. Like the density would be different, so it yeah. would appear different. This picture here looks like the cross section of a wrist. Going by the watch, probably. Going by the very nicely defined watch on it. Yeah, there is an actual watch audience. Yes. Yeah. In this picture. And you can even see some of the components in the watch. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. little gears and it's got a side part and it's got a face. A little yeah. Japanese coarse movement, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's clearly not a Rolex. Nice. Not a Rolex. Not a um, the scanner, yeah, yes, as I said, the scanner is adapted from the same kind of detectors that track nuclear particles in the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, and it is, in fact, a collaboration with CERN, the European Organization for Nuclear Research. They have a whole office dedicated to, you know, getting this technology out into the world and being used. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. So is is uh, the imaging process not damaging to the tissue that's being imaged because... I would assume it has the same risks as x-rays Okay. in general because they are actually using x-rays. I mean, it's not like... It's not passive or something, which would be, which I thought maybe it was at first, like just just looking at the bits that come off. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. So, like, did they? Did you read about what they're trying? Like, what this would be most successful with diagnosing? Or like, what what they're really targeting, or is it just kind of like they think this could do a lot of things? I think this. I think they think this could do a lot of things. I think it really. Um, <coughs> I think with the addition of the ability to. Um, sort of decide which material is which, I think that opens up some new possibilities that before you would sort of have to rely on, okay, so how much does this shadow look like a tumor and how much does it look like, you know, just a normal thing? You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, if something is in the wrong place, for instance, you could see that. Mm -hmm. Would they use it for like fractures and stuff to to see specific damage? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that seems cool. Um... I just think it's a great example of how inter- interdisciplinary research is really sort of important these days. Um, and also how basic science research directly, it couldn't directly impact um, patients and, and treatment. It's it's just super cool. It's another reason why like, people are like, oh, NASA, we're putting so much money into NASA and it's stupid. Dropping we shouldn't pay for that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Don't get me fired up, Dave. Hey. <laughs> get fired up, Gabe. Right. Do it. Let's do it. They gave us the internet and the, the yeah. insulin and like pump. Twenty other things. I like mm-hmm. internet. They have Smoke materially detectors. improved all of our lives at a fraction of the cost that like it would normally yeah. require to make those advances. Yeah, because yeah. they're brilliant. NASA, we love. Okay, them. professor. <laughs> you and your fancy learning. 
<laughs> you know, on this show, speaking of uh, advances, on this show, we've expressed much admiration for the potential of CRISPR to change medicine. Now it's time to come back down to earth just a little bit. Recent studies are sounding the alarm. CRISPR-Cas9, they say, causes much more genetic damage than previously thought. For instance, mm-hmm. cells may end up with a key, mechanism, a key mechanism for stopping cancer just missing. Cells also show thousands of deleted DNA base pairs, even at places far from the intended edit. Um, that's actually not a great thing. I yeah. Mean, no, it's not. There's a ton of off-target effects. Like even just in the lab, it's... It sounds really nice in theory, but yeah, it's there's a lot of collateral damage. Yeah. Uh, seems to be a bit of a panic among investors uh, in these companies that are saying, you know, we're going to use CRISPR-Cas9 to do all these amazing things. Um, they've lost about $300 million recently. On, in, the, in the stocks, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, just in the stocks. Well, the hope was that they would use it for gene editing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the companies are saying, though, that these results may not apply to the sorts of cells they're going to use CRISPR on. As part of their business seems a little mm-hmm. iffy to me but i guess possible you know yeah um and perhaps perhaps more valid maybe from my perspective is maybe the trade-offs of higher cancer rates might be okay in certain situations like you know if you have a deadly disease that you can fix with you know x you know with crispr cas9 that the trade-off might be you know somewhat higher cancer rates in the future maybe that's okay and the trade-offs you guys make trade-offs all the time. I like this all the time yeah. in medicine. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I got the zucchini noodles instead of the regular <laughs> I'm really regretting that trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know you mean in medicine. Yes, we do. Yeah. But You're sad benefits. now, Jeez. but it's definitely going to be better for you in the long run. That's right. Yeah. Arisa. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Veggies are better than carbs, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's sort of weird, though, that, f- that there haven't been, apparently there haven't been many studies that really looked at this question until now, and even now it's sort of found by accident. Right. Um... Uh, but you know, in fact, uh, you know, CRISPR is so exciting. Um, it's been generated so much, so much excitement that nature biotechnology which is a journal that published these, um, studies. It took them a year to sort of publish, um, and uh, including a bunch of follow-up questions and a bunch of follow-up studies that they wanted the author to make or the investigators to make before they were felt comfortable publishing it. Like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Cause this is really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a the first U.S. clinical trial is coming up this year. Um, promises mm-hmm. they do promise extensive testing on the immune cells they're targeting, both in vitro and in vivo. So, not everybody's being Pollyanna about it. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like it's kind of par for the course when it comes to like biomedical breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you thought it was going to be a miracle pill and be perfect, you were, you know, God damn it, I want a no miracle ba- pill. Exactly. There's, <laughs> there's no basis for that. We've never had that really before. With antibiotics, that seemed like a miracle you know, thing, but now we're seeing antibiotic resistant bacteria. So you kind of just see that nothing's really perfect, but I'm sure that CRISPR is still going to be useful. It's probably, you know, it just has its problems too and can be improved. I mean, even if it was just, <laughs> even if it was a, a, a great sort of tool in the arsenal of bench science, I mean, that pays off right there. You know, yeah. of course we want to start applying these things to patients directly, but I, you know, let's put it in perspective. Yeah, and we're talking about changing the DNA inside cells. Like, cells don't want that to happen. So, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be hard to do. Yeah. You know? Yep. Totally, totally agree. But this is a really big thing, and I think it's okay that we get excited over it. Yeah, it's, okay. It is exciting. It is exciting. It's really exciting stuff. 
It is exciting. I just want my damn pill. And I think it's interesting when, when we were learning about CRISPR, even last year, Eric, maybe you can attest to this. I feel like we didn't, all we learned about was like the fact that CRISPR is really, really cool. We didn't learn anything about. Yeah, that. I don't really know anything about how, I mean, kind of, I kind of know how it works where with it running along the DNA and stuff. And we but. certainly didn't learn about how like, oh, this could cause, you know, major, you know, major damage could be yeah. could completely missed the mark. So it's, it's good to know that, hey, it's, it's not, a, it's not a miracle pill. Yeah, there's only two cells in the body that can break their own DNA, and they are, for that reason, the most common sources of like malignancy in the body. Mm -hmm. So T cells and B cells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I did not know that. Yeah, it makes sense. But okay. I hope they don't. I just hope they don't delay it too long because I've been, you know, trying to create a super race for a while now. And <laughs> yeah, this was my, I think this you've was been, my. You know what? I was looking you know? at you today. So so just. <laughs> For our listeners, uh, Eric is dressed in a tank top and some uh, some shorts. Yep, and uh, no shoes. No shoes. No shoes. And I was looking at him today and thinking he looks a bit like a Superman. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like he's really he's really turning into uh, into something special. Is this, this your is secret? Me, this is me enjoying my summer. Just so everyone knows. This is uh, this is me and Gabe's like last summer ever. So. It's flying by, and guys, you will all terrified. experience this once after your first year. Maybe maybe you get two summers where you go to medical school, but like live it up because enjoy the because shit we're out gonna of it. oh you're gonna die. Me. Like we, our summer's over in you're three weeks. You're gonna die, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm already crying a little bit. You know, like <laughs> last night I was uh, recapping kind of first year with a few people. Yeah, and we were all disagreeing. Like that was a hell of a ride. Yeah, if you look if you think back about first year of med school. That was really hard. Yeah. That was hard. When did you guys go back? Three weeks, like August 13th oh, or something. It's starting, me. School is starting a week early this year here at Iowa. Scare me. And mm, uh, yeah. it's kind of throwing a wrench into my... Into my Suntan plans. Per, per, well, I mean, <laughs> not really because of my, my vacation is still happening. Like, it's still going to be a nice long vacation. But it means I'll get back after school starts. You won't get to I won't get to movies. enjoy orientation, which I really like to be there for. Yeah. I won't even get to enjoy the first week of school, seeing people back. And um, that's sort of something that I hadn't really thought about or planned on. But I got to take my vacations when I can take them, you know? That's right, dude. And you I, can always see me. I never leave. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right upstairs, so we'll be together forever, dude. Ah, uh, yay. MSTP student. <laughs> so I Hashtag do... MSTP life. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that first week after we all came back from, yeah, the summer off, and it was like 200 of the same conversation. Like, oh, how was your summer? Good. How was your summer? Good. I did this. I did that. Like, it would be so much more efficient for just all of us to get in one room <laughs> and then take turns going up to a podium explaining our summers and then everyone else in the audience being like, oh, cool. Okay, next. Sounds like a good blog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's right eventually like saying, oh, good. I didn't do much. Just went to so-and-so and then like, but say that like about a hundred times in one day. Yeah. However, mm -hmm. I find that when you're in a situation where everyone's saying that kind of thing, in my experience, when other people are talking, you're just thinking about what you're going to say. So you're not even listening to what they're saying. And then you'll have that conversation either way. Like, how was your summer? Because you were just thinking about what you were going to say to not sound like an idiot when it was yeah. your turn to talk. That's so true. Or maybe that's, that's just true. me. No, now that, I'm exposed. That is true. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> The like, world knows your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we, did, we just had the social compulsion to ask, oh, how was, how was your summer? Even that we don't really care. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Oh no! Well, that's Truth true. I don't. Out. I don't necessarily care. This is the thing I'll say. Yeah, like, do you care what I did for summer? Not really. I didn't have a summer. <laughs> yeah, it's all coming out. Yeah. I feel like I. I care. don't give a shit about any of you people. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe you care at the beginning. (laughs) 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 I think people care at the beginning, and then it just sort of wanes over time. Yeah, they'll listen to the first two or three speakers, but they're not. Attentively listening to everyone's summer. How about this? At least I'm not. How about this, listeners? In the field, we're going to start a new, you know, this part. We'll we'll make this part of Eric's super race that he's creating. (laughs) We'll include in that the sort of cultural prohibition against long explanations about what you did (laughs) this past summer. Right. You're Mm -hmm. just as culturally, your your new super race will be uh, just prohibited to a sentence. Yeah. Or you can just like write. It on a post-it and stick on your forehead. There will be extreme <laughs> shame uh, for people who go more than one sentence. If you try and explain anything that you do ever mm-hmm. in your life, shunned. This sounds <laughs> perfect. Actually, there's like a, it, it initiates a self-destruct sequence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's right. genetic. Yeah. The CRISPR goes that's crazy, ah! <laughs> and then you dissolve yeah. right there. And that's yeah. it. Into a puddle. <laughs> Melt. He's got his little yeah, nano. That's, and that's a tie into CRISPR. <laughs> Just for your ass. Okay, okay. Alternatively, you could edit in a gene that makes the person care. You know, that's also a possibility. Yeah. 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 You guys are so not into that. That's less fun. That is less fun. (laughs) No, that's actually that's something that I had a lot of You you know, you could like you could like socially engineer people into like accidentally having saying more than one sentence. You know, if you like, you really, you really don't like them. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, all right. Let's let's close this down. Much as I enjoy this, let's close this down. I want to remind you. You can. I've still got a few key fobs left. You can uh, submit a review or talk us up among your online med student communities, and then I will send and then send a screenshot of it to the shortcoats at gmail I'll send you a key fob, and you'll be happy, and so will I. They taste like chicken. They do not. They <laughs> taste like plywood. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, we'll be putting a link to uh, the topics we discussed in this show uh, at theshortcoat.com. <clears throat> but for now, that is our show. Uh, guys, nice yeah. show. Thank you. Thank for you. Doing You're welcome. Thanks, Amari. Today. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, Amari. Thanks, Amari. <laughs> our, this is your our, show now. <laughs> our other co-host, Amari. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today, we hope we've earned your subscription. Not only do we give out key fobs, we continue to give out free advice. It might be good advice. So send your questions or whatever you like to the shortcoats at gmail.com, or you can leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT, and we'll talk about it on the show. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. And our closing music is by Catmosphere. Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.